All right, we're back with another episode of the Dr. Dad's podcast. I'm here with uh, my best, best buddy on the planet, Dr. David Wardy. How are you, my brother? Buddy, I'm experiencing the bliss from this past <laughs> week still. Right? Right? Yeah. right? yeah, I was talking to patients this morning and I'm like, you're going next year. And they're just kind of looking at me like I am. I'm like, yeah, you're going. It's not up to you. but it was funny because i was telling him i'm like we'll talk about it later because i was i was a little busy today but i said look i'm gonna try to put it into words i was like but i really don't think that's possible i said it's just something you have to experience and then you know but yeah man uh, incredible man like Mm -hmm. you saw my post i put up yesterday or the day before of like it was like time did not exist last week and i got to a like just the deepest you reach the core of my soul man mm. and the amount of healing that that i got and i watched clarissa go through and and watch her go through her transformation like you were talking you you're watching this all week with all of us mm-hmm. but buddy naturally brave rec- retreats amazing man like oh my gosh like <laughs> incredible you know oh, so and- yeah for those of you who don't know what we're talking about we just came back from Todos Santos. We stayed in this beautiful resort called Pachamama, which means basically Mother Earth. And some of us stayed in teepees. Some of us got to stay on the second floor of this balcony that overlooked the ocean and the infinity pool and just the, the incredible sacred uh, Baja desert land meeting the ocean. It was, And we, we tapped into our own chemistry of bliss with Kriya, meditation, yoga, mindset training, uh, journal exercises and uh, eye to eye meditation and just yeah looked into each other's souls this week and there's uh, 17 amazing individuals and David Wardy here Dr. David and his amazing wife were were part of it so that's what we're talking about our soul tribe soul tribe Buddy. Yeah, an immersive Man. setting so powerful right magical you know you talked about how beautiful when the desert meets the ocean and but i mean you can't put into words that place that we stayed at i mean it definitely was a a a conductor of everything we experienced this week Mm -hmm. but your teachings you're in sonia's and andrea's and jake's teachings were incredible man i mean the theme was relationships this year Mm -hmm. and you know we could go on and on i want to keep it short because i want to get into the content today but one of the biggest things that I got out of this week, if I had to just talk about the relationship piece, was there are things with myself and with others in my life that I didn't know I would even remember or be able to tap back into to find that healing. And you guys were able to help us get there. So I need to thank you. I'm so grateful and blessed, man. You know that. I love you to death. Mm. But just getting to like be there with you teaching man oh my gosh man it was incredible you guys are amazing at what you do and watching the transformation not only like i said clarissa but everybody else there and i'm sure myself was probably a blast for you guys to watch on the other end um but even my patients and my and my staff today are like dude you're like glowing they're like (laughs) just being around you i can feel you like yeah i mean you we're still in that bliss state you sent us home like a different person so incredible, man. Incredible. Yeah, thank you for that. And you know what? I have to acknowledge Dr. Sonia, my wife here, because it's been her dream to do retreats since probably since we opened up our practice, you know, over 10 years ago. And I was always the, the guy, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, and it, and it took me a while to 
to be open to it. And I guess maybe through just doing Kundalini yoga teacher training and getting more into myself and, um, and, and Sonia just, she's, she like, we've called her like little baby Yoda. She's really has a profound way of helping people tap into the core of who they are and, and making it safe and okay and, and really enjoyable to go there. And uh, so I've, I've learned so much from her and, and as she continues to evolve and whatnot, it allows me to, to open up and realize my mastery too. And, and, and man, like, and you know this too, it's, it takes teaching from a doctor point of view to a completely different place because you're not teaching from that analytical mind and trying to help people understand things on that, that level. You're, you're really tapping into something so much deeper that allows people to access that information. That's, that's cellular memory and, and soul memory and stuff that's, that's locked in a much deeper, hard to get to places. Well, and the way you're presenting the info is what's creating the healing, which is the best mm -hmm. part, right? Like you're saying, like it's such a more effective, potent way of reaching that individual who's in front of you that you're trying to help. You've inspired mm -hmm. me to go do my teacher training. You know, I was telling, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, I love it. you know, I was telling Clarissa before when I had thought about it and I had thought about going to possibly Arizona, like I just say for some reason it wasn't time or maybe that just wasn't it for me. But then you were like, man, you need to go to LA and study under Guru Singh. Yeah. And the moment you said that, I like saw it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, yeah, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. So I think I'm going to plan on going to LA probably and getting this done. So I'm like super pumped now. Like maybe not this year, but I'm going to get it done here in the next two years for sure. Mm. But yeah, that's done, man. Like I have to. I watch you and Sonia up there and I'm like, I want to be like them. <laughs> you guys are like, you guys are like the Jedi, like I talk about, and oh, you're teaching funny. us the force. And I want to be able to, to have that capacity and to be able to hold that space like you guys did to help people. And like you're saying, it's such a wonderful, unique way to, to present that teaching and to reach that person who you're trying to help. Man, it's, you, you shower blessings on me so, so easily. And so, uh, was so, and we receive it with so much gratitude, man. I, I, I am honored to have you in my life and, and to receive all those blessings you share. So thank you so much. And, and, and acknowledging me because uh, this is, yeah, this is a gift. I think that we all have. And when we find our outlet or a way of doing it and, and you do it as well through, um, the time that we, even that you were there and you were showing people all the, the things that you do with NIS. I mean, that's, that's your mastery as well. And so, you know, being able to acknowledge each other as men, as, as healers, as doctors, as fathers, uh, it's a beautiful place to be able to be in and, sh and share that with one another and, you know, and, and right back at you. And so, you know, while you're doing yoga teacher training, I'll be doing NIS training to learn all the wizard. All right. <laughs> awesome. No, see, this it's is on awesome, audio, man. man. I, that means I got to do it. Yes. I'm going to hold you to it. I'll say, remember episode 45 or 46, you said it. So that's right. We got to get it done now. Yeah, that's right. Well, speaking of bliss, right? Yes. Let's talk about some bliss. So you, you had a great workshop when we were out there and we did, we did, we dove into brainwave activity and a bunch of other neat things. And that's what we we're going to talk about today. Cause I really want people to hear a little bit of the science like you were describing when we were talking about that. So let's get into that fun stuff. Yeah. Well, and you know, this isn't really a theme that's totally foreign to our podcast history because we've touched on different elements throughout different episodes. Uh, so yeah, let's just start off with, um, 
brainwave states then, because I think that's a, a tangible place for people to access this information and get in, let's get into the discussion of flow and, and, and bliss and how to access that. So why, why don't you walk us through the, the main brainwave states and then let's flesh them out some more. Okay. So beta, so beta brainwave state, this is our awake, normal, alert consciousness state. There's the first one. And you would call this the, uh, what did you call this at the retreat? You called this the uh, doing state, right? The doing state, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we have SMR. This is calm, extremely aware, quietly alert. Uh, we have alpha, relaxed, lucid, calm, not thinking, theta, deep relaxation, meditative state. Um, and then delta, which is a deep, dreamless sleep. Now, we'll go into further detail on these, but um, we have... Uh, what I kind of want to just like frame real quick for everybody is um, I do a lot of HRV in my clinic and we're able to actually look at your brainwave states to see what state you're in. Cause that tells us a lot about the, the state of your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what we'll see when people come in, man, is they're stuck in like a high Delta state when they come in yep. and this is when they're awake and that's not a good place to be right. When we're awake and supposed to be moving throughout the day. Um, we all kind of know, that throughout the day, we much better to be in an alpha beta state, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, SMR. or the SMR zone, right? Yep. So let's talk a little bit about when we're not in the right state and we're up and about doing things, what are, what, what are the consequences of that? And then what are the tools a little bit like you talk to get us back in the state we need to be in? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you brought that, that, the chronicity of that delta wave frequency because you know we associate delta wave with you know oh you must be super relaxed that's phenomenal good for you um but that's that is should be reserved more for sleeping right the delta wave is the non-dreaming state it's the deep reparative state but we see this with a lot with people with head injuries or you know chronic toxicity in the brain or um you know when you're running because we see this on brain maps when we're doing the acute qualitative eeg we'll see people with like high delta rhythms in the prefrontal cortex, which is your executive functioning. When you're running high delta there, your brain basically says, I didn't get enough delta last night. And so we're going to put you into a sleep state during your waking hours. And this is what leads people to more caffeine and more like stimulants and things like that. And they're, we're trying to compensate for, you know, poor quality of sleep. They could be happening for, you know, a zillion different reasons um, from injury to, you know, crappy food intake or, you know, whatever the story is. And um, you can't compensate for that. Like you truly have to get into a place where you're, you're teaching your brain how to uh, incorporate healthy rhythms and, and access that information at different times and points in your day, depending on the circumstances. You can't keep operating in a, you know, a depressed state um, and expect there to be a whole lot more activity happening. So, you know, just think of the amount of people on, SSRIs or other antidepressant medication or stimulants or, you know, people who are stuck in chronic anxiety that just have really inefficient brain function in, in that they're running the wrong program at the wrong time of day, right? Oh, and it's massive. You know, it's a diseased state, like, like you're talking, but, but here we are trying to throw a magic bullet at it versus, well, what's happening and what needs to be changing with that person. Yeah. So you know, one of the things that we spent all week doing to change this state, because I think some of the, these individuals and including myself may have come into that week, not in the best state as far as our brain waves, but there was a, there's a big shift that takes place. Right. Mm -hmm. And we want to be in that, that either beta 
right? Or alpha state, uh, which is a more relaxed focus state. Yeah. But like you're saying, many people are living in this other state and they're just stuck. I, I kind of see it as like you're stuck in gear and you can't switch gears, right? Totally. Well, you think of like, you know, we've all been taught that we have to learn to access information in, I think, a very unfortunate linear kind of way. So we, we've all been trained like good students from a young age. You go to school, you you read, you know, you read to prepare for a test and the test is very linear, maybe it's, you know, multiple choice or whatever. You learn to memorize things and everything is just about how much can you hammer inside your brain and how good is your memory. And so I think we've, we've just never had a proper understanding of how to learn. And this is, this is where we'll, we'll jump into a conversation around flow state because altered states of consciousness access a new way of learning for people. And if we don't learn how to access altered states of consciousness, we're going to be constantly, it's like the whack-a-mole, constantly just trying to hammer stuff into our brain through repetition, 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 repetition. And we know that that only takes us so far. And we eventually get to a place of like shame, burnout. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I can't memorize properly. We start using the stimulants or the suppressants or the alcohol or whatever we have to to sort of get ourselves through because we're in a constant shame cycle where we don't believe in ourselves anymore because we're not meeting the expectation of the standardized tests or you know whatever the story is for someone or maybe you can't perform as well at your job or maybe you're you're burnt out and you're not connecting very deeply with in relationships but you know i think um if we all understood what it what happens when we're in altered states of consciousness, we would understand this is a really critical part of the the entire learning process and, and growth and evolution of who we are. And so how do we tap into that? Yeah. So I think we can we can let's let's uh, develop the brainwave states a little bit more. You know, we've got your doing state, your beta state, which is, you know, all the daily tasks, you're driving your car, you want to be in beta state, you're maybe you're you're um, you know talking with a patient or you're you're talking with your spouse you're trying to coordinate activities or you're planning you're organizing something that's brain cop typical brainwave beta state or let's say you're maybe you're playing basketball you're performing now you're in high beta you have to be more alert more hyper focused and um, and then let's say you take that ex exercise level to a whole another level where you're doing stuff that, that David and I did. We did some downhill or so did some mountain biking, which required super hyper focus, especially when you're going to those downhill or people rock climbing where you have to get into the zone or, you know, any of those more extreme moments uh, or even, you know, professional athletes when they get into the zone or the runner's high. Well, now we're, we're jumping out of high beta into little spikes of gamma brainwave state and gamma brainwave state is where like we've just supercharging our, our consciousness where there's this phenomenon in the brain called hypofrontality when we start to access gamma brainwave state we start to get into this um, sense of timelessness where time is distorted we're not so concerned about how we look or appear to others in this this uh, in this place in our brainwave um there's this there's this uh, acronym called STIR. So it's uh, selflessness, where we're sort of losing that sense of self. We we're not as concerned about that inner critic. Uh, timelessness, where we're stepping out of time and time seems to slow down. This time dilation effect. We start to see maybe your angle that you need to ride when you're going down downhill. You just see like the 
you know, stone pop up where you just need to turn right the right the last minute. It's a state where we can do very quick, coordinated, specific course corrections. And then there's this, the ST, that's the first part of stir, and then E is effortlessness, where things just seem to flow magically, like you know exactly what to do. There's no real thinking involved. It's just, it's just a sense of knowing. And then R, the part of stir is richness, where you just, like the colors start coming alive. You feel so much more in your body and you feel more this state of like connection and it's a really beautiful place that every single person at the retreat got a chance to experience. And this is an altered state of consciousness, which unfortunately most people are trying to find through alcohol or drugs or, you know, um, some other means uh, that, and we don't realize that we can access this state uh, through, through our own devices, our own internal mechanisms. Oh, that's so powerful. You know, like you're saying, like, when you're allowing the own body to to get in this state on its own versus trying to use something outside of the body. I mean, for all of our listeners, it's, this is just that innate at work. You're, you're accessing something that the innate is capable of doing for you. And like you're saying, I experienced like, like you're saying, like we got these massive spikes of gamma throughout the week with the meditation and the Kriya and everything that we were doing, the self-awareness and insight that I was able to have all week because I was getting those little little spikes was incredible, man. Yeah. And I loved the way that you explained it in one of your workshops where you where you were talking about how we were downhill mountain biking and you get to a place where you have this hyper concentration and focus to where you're almost like having an out of like body experience because you're just like in this like complete flow state where the body's just doing its thing. Yeah. And it's just happening effortlessly, right? Yeah. Well, that's the cool thing is that there's different ways to access that, that all state of consciousness, like using extreme sports as an example, you're sort of going from the high beta up. But when you're using meditation, Kriya, yoga, contemplation, um, deep reflection, deep visualization, where you're tapping this on the cellular memory, <clears throat> you're going the other direction. And so there's, there's this thing that's coined, I don't know who coined this, but it's called the alpha bridge where what you're doing is you're you're encouraging and developing this alpha brainwave state to such a degree that you have a much quicker transition from moving from alpha into theta because there's some magic in theta theta is again yet sort of dreaming state where you're really getting deep into visualization and and you're, you're getting in that same sense of that stir that selflessness that timelessness it's like where you've sort of got to a meditation where um you know you the you're just in a, you just you're like really enjoying it you you know you're not really you know in kundalini yoga there's a lot of like very difficult arm movements and things like that which which encourage this stir state uh where maybe your arms are in the air for you know 20 minutes or something like that and it's really starting to hurt you get into a place where your body just becomes okay with that place and that's when you're starting to access that theta state where you've just sort of let the body you know, put the body's worries and concerns aside. And now you're just merging with this deeper knowing state. And so there's alpha bridge that forms from practicing, you know, that deep silence and that deep restoration within the, within the mind, you get this stronger, more robust bridge to jump into, into theta. And when you start to spend time in theta and, and in meditation, and when you're in theta, it's almost like you're ready to fall asleep. It's almost like that nod. 
oh, and you're about to amazing. nod off. It feels yes. amazing. Yeah, it does. And it's, you're <laughs> kind of dancing between like, am I sleeping? Am I awake? What's going on here? But when you're there, you get these spikes of gamma. So it's a gamma spike that launches from a theta brainwave state where you get like just knowing that like you get massive spikes of creativity, massive spikes of knowing. Uh, there's no effort there whatsoever. Ideas just come to you. Memories come to you. Like the exact thing that you need comes to you because you're accessing this, like essentially this, this information highway uh, that comes from being in these places. So, you know, we can rewind a little bit back to what we said, what most people are doing where, you know, you're trying to study something, you're hammering through, you're trying to stay in beta state, super alert, drink more coffee, stay awake, got to learn this versus like, turning that switch off and really getting deep into that deep center of your head and then having these hits of like illumination. Um, you know, it's, it's been shown over and over again that, you know, when we put a proper strategy into our learning process, you can acquire a level of creativity and knowing that that would not be accessible by doing the same linear type of learning that we've all been taught to do. And the way I kind of see it is when you're stuck in that beta wave state, like you're saying, you have such short-term memory. Yeah. And so you're cramming and it's almost like the top of the lid of the head is closed up. Like you can't put that much in there. But like you're saying, you get your brain into a different state by maybe having a, a process that you come up with and you're just opening that lid and you're allowed to just put more information. Like you said, it's better for the learning and the memory, for that intuition, that insight and you're just gonna get the most out of it right and that's funny because people have probably all experienced this at some time or another right yeah. where they sit down to study and they're like oh man everything just sunk in today when i studied mm-hmm. and then other times where they're sitting down and maybe they're in more of a stress state and they're stuck in beta and they're like man i just nothing stuck today i couldn't absorb anything i was studying yeah but and Stephen Kotler, there he wrote he wrote a couple of books. One was called The Rise of Superman. The other one was called Stealing Fire, and he talked about how you know the Navy SEALs and and different groups in government and um, you know really elite squads of individuals in, in different areas. It could be sports and other things. They actually train people to get into flow state, and they train this state of mind because performance improves, memory improves. You know, creativity improves, ability to, um, especially like people who are in the combat forces, when they all train in this brainwave state, there's this mergence of the hive mind where they start to just, there's this, again, this effortlessness that happens when you're working on in this uh, community setting where people just sort of know where everyone is going to be in space and it, it massively enhances the learning process, which you're going to want when, you know, say if you're going to war with someone, you want someone to be able to be know exactly what you're thinking, how you're moving, what this one situation might mean. So the whole hive has to change and transition as a result of a certain, you know, change maybe in the plan. And, you know, it's a, it's sort of like putting yourself into a life or death scenario that, uh, that, that puts you in a place of knowing. And, you know, when you're, let's say, let's take it to the other extreme, you know, let's get out outside of uh, war for a minute and then talk about it from the level of chanting and, and, and using sound frequency. When you get to a place of boredom in your meditation, like now you're starting to get in a sweet spot. Like that's really, really great if you start feeling super bored. 
because you're finally turning that, that brain down to a place where you can start to access the, that deeper brainwave state. And then the chanting is kind of reinforcing a certain sound current vibration, which is encouraging learning and memory or cellular healing or whatever the sound frequency is supposed to do in your body. And you're merging that together with this brainwave state of theta and and then you know insight comes i mean you and i had this experience when we went to men's camp both of us started like laughing and crying and releasing trauma and stuff like that with the breath with the the, the mantra with the, the arm movements and it's amazing what can uh, the body can can remember and start to heal when you go through this process and ultimately what that leaves you with is is basically everything you described at the beginning you feel more like you and people can see it on you they f they feel the glow in you because you've shown up with more of your vitality uh and less of your story well you know and i have to say something as you're as you're talking and saying this stuff and i just keep hearing this voice in my head say i remember that saying that goes there is not uh what is it there is not a drug in the world that the, the basically the body can create a more potent uh, solution for almost anything than any drug in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. So like you're saying earlier, like we're using all these medications to try to put us in these states, right. Yeah. Where people are jumping to alcohol or marijuana or depressants or like these uppers, right. To create these things. Yet we all have the ability to create these things in our body. And the potency is like a hundred times more potent than, than these outside sources. Yeah. And I, I mean, and you guys let us experience that firsthand this week. I mean, I, I remember turning to you after one of the, the meditations and then even after we got in the, the Temescal, right. Mm -hmm. And I said, buddy, like, I feel like I'm on this like massive high yeah. and it lasted for hours yeah. For hours. Well, it's incredible because, you know, if you look at the typical prescription medications, they're so um, focused. There's the, the, the action is so specific on very specific enzymes. Obviously, there's a whole ubiquitous effect that happens in the body. But let's take SSRIs. They're working on serotonin only. Well, in the flow state, you've got like that we know of six main categories of molecules that are coming together like an orchestra, the perfect storm of chemistry to put you in that state of bliss, which is what we're calling this chemistry of bliss. So you've got norepinephrine and epinephrine, which are basically helping you rise up to the occasion. Like if you take the example of someone in an extreme sport, you need that epinephrine surge to get you ready to, to put you into that, that, that struggle or that challenge. And then you start getting uh, dopamine hits, which basically, you know, support testosterone secretion. They, they keep you super alert in your brain. So you're ready to like, take in any information that's coming. And when they're working together, they really help you to, to pattern recognize. So again, let's say you're on a mountain bike coming down the hill, you're recognizing different patterns that are showing up because your heart rate's increasing, your blood flow to the brain is increasing. All those neurons are getting really ready to to support the cerebellum and the movement and, and the memory centers are starting to get activated more. So you're able to see patterns that, that maybe you weren't able to see to, as well before. And then you get the surge of anandamide. Anandamide uh, is typically being known as it's the molecule of bliss. Ananda in the Sanskrit uh, language or Hindu language means bliss. And so it's the molecule of bliss that uh, when, when people smoke pot, marijuana is in stimulus for anandamide. 
But again, nandamide on its own versus in the chemistry. Now you've got the epinephrine, dopamine. Now you've got anandamide. Nandamide brings in like this disparate thoughts, these different ideas and connects them together. This is why people who are stoned usually have really interesting conversations because they're talking about some wacky stuff that, that you wouldn't be able to see how the two link up. But when you're, when you're you know, increasing your blood flow to the brain and getting that dopamine surge together with this anandamide, you start to really amplify this feeling of trust and, and knowing and you get this increased enhanced uh, openness and intimacy, but then you're also able to bring all these ideas and concepts together. And so this, this bliss molecules are starting to work together. And then let's throw in some serotonin, which deepens connectivity, which deepens that feeling of joy and happiness and contentment. And it also has this anti-inflammatory effect in the body too. So you're, you're kind of calming down the immune system when you're raising like your, your kundalini, your, your energy to your brain. And then you're getting hits of endorphins. Like you said, you know, we know the endorphins are like 10 times more powerful than morphine in the body. And so you start getting this massive mood enhancement and just this feeling that everything's going to be okay. And you start really feeling that bliss. And then in comes oxytocin. And we know oxytocin is part of like what connects humans together. And so when you get this last little bit of these, the big six that come together, it's this perfect symphony of molecules that are bathing in our cerebral hemispheres that just make us feel like we're superhuman, you know, because what better feeling would it be to feel like you're sort of knowing what's going to happen before it's going to happen. You're feeling so connected to the people around you. You're feeling this massive expression of love and be able to take, you know, start to get super creative because you're seeing different ideas come together from different areas and you're like all excited and lit up because your epinephrine and dopamine are rising. It's kind of a beautiful place, but it's actually the perfect place for learning and perfect place for self-expression, you know, perfect place for seeing through the lens of who you actually are versus this facade and this mask that we all wear because we're, we're constantly critiquing who we are, right? <laughs> well, and we all have this ability to become this superhuman, like you're saying, right? It's just yeah. tapping into that and using a, a system or a process to do that. Um, so, I mean, you, you, you described it a little bit like it's kind of like baking a cake, right? You just want all oh, the right ingredients and once they all come together, but if one of them's off, we're not going to get that perfect cake that we like, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, this, and, and I'm, I think it's good. Let's bring in some examples because I think people need to understand that this isn't, you know, this is something that are, we're naturally moving towards and we've all experienced I'm sure we've all experienced it at many different points in our, in our lives, you know, and, and sports was an easy example for me. There's many times where I used to play college basketball and like everything was dropping. I, I could shoot from anywhere and it was going to go in or, you know, I could just see things to see a play happening before it would happen. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure you got very similar examples when you used to play football and, you know, so from a sporting point of view, if, if any of you are listening to these plays for sports, you know that you got into the zone at some point in time if you if you rose to a certain level in your game. And, you know, maybe you're a chess player and you can start to see just how all the pieces are going to go together because you're in such deep focused concentration. But what are some other examples that might maybe people could tie, tie into? Well, and like you say, the flow state, right? So I think almost anybody listening has experienced those moments in life where, like you're saying, like almost time stops. You know, there that connectivity to everything in your life is there. You're calm, you're relaxed, and you have this massive insight. And, and, and like you and me, I mean, we talk about 
trying to achieve this state all the time, but it's like, how long can we achieve it? And how can we be consistent with achieving this on a daily basis? But everyone's had a piece of this, like you're saying. So yeah, I experienced that in sports. And like, as an athlete, you're always like, Oh, I wish I could just have that all the time. (laughs) But again, we only come in and out of it sometimes. Right. Some games like, I remember playing and like, you're not even close to that. You're just having a bad game because like this is going on, right? We're not in the state we need to be in with our brainwaves. Um, I'm trying to think of some other examples, man. Even uh, test taking sometimes. I remember in school, uh, just going to take my test mm-hmm. when, when I was in this flow state, I just would whiz through a test. And then it's almost like the information just pours out of your brain, like coming out of a pitcher. And then other times, you know it's in there, but it's like it's like trying to pour it out of this like tiny little hole, and the information just doesn't come out of your brain, and you're like, totally. "Wait, what was that again? Or yep. what was that again?" But yeah, I mean, it, I think everybody can kind of relate a little bit to what Nick's talking about. Um, but I know you have people excited of like, well, how do we get there? Like, how mm-hmm. do we achieve this? Like, what what types of things will create this this state of bliss for us? And and then consistency, like we all want to be there longer yeah. and more often. So how do we do that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the, the, more, the more that we train the state inside of our body, it's like anything else. Like this is a muscle that we can actually train, develop, and strengthen. And so if, I think just understanding that is important. Like, you know, if you never lift lifted a weight in your life, you're, you're not going to train your muscle to grow and develop and get stronger. This is no different at all. So encouraging, you know, turning off the screens, you know, learning some meditation, getting into to Kriya and some, getting into some yoga. I mean, obviously coming on to a retreat and being in an immersive setting where you can really tap into that in a safe place where you're learning it from, from people who are doing it and you're learning in the hive and uh, community is an extremely powerful way to do that. And I think constantly having, you know, access points through your day, you know, creating morning practice where you're, you're in contemplation, you're in a space for writing and creativity, or, you know, you're, you're teaching your body different positions of, of yoga or Tai Chi or karate or whatever you want to do that, that, gets you into deep, deep alignment to in tune with your body. And uh, it's trainable and it takes, it takes practice and I tell you what, I mean, it's a lot easier to get in that flow state. You probably noticed this too, as the retreat went on, why? Because you started to release more and more of your story. We started to release more and more of this, these, you know, these walls that we hold up, these masks that we wear, these secret, these, you know, these, as uh, Krasino says, the secret identities, we're trying to like hide from the world that we're trying to put on a persona it's harder to access our flow state when we constantly see ourselves as something much less than we actually are and so, you know i i see it like, yeah like as you're saying that i kind of picture it like when we're out in our daily like you know our, our daily regular routine and we're we're in it right we have our job we have our families uh, we have our daily stressors, those routine things that we're used to when we're in our normal environment. It's almost like we put on this armor yeah. to deal with that world. And when we're at the retreat, it's like within the first day, it was almost like you guys were slowly just getting us to pull our armor off. Yeah. And then it's almost like we get all the armor off and then we're finally back to like us, mm-hmm. right? And being us and like sharing and in that experience 
And, and once you're like naked and you're open back up, you start to actually access all these things. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, well, how do you, how do you return back to the daily routine, all that stuff without putting that armor on? Because in all honesty, I think that armor is what is hindering us from being in that flow state and being the best version of ourselves. And I don't think we need the armor. No, I think it creates itself to some degree. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're conscious of it. It's kind of like it, like unconsciously this armor is building and wrapping around our, in our body. And like you're saying, these masks are starting to go on. Mm-hmm. And unless you have a practice, like you're saying, and you're conscious of these things, how do you know how to pull the, this armor off? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's such a good way of describing it with that, that armor, because it's, it's our, we're showing up in a way that others are expecting us to show up. Right. And then, so that just kind of gets locked in. And so we, we slowly but surely get further and further away from who we actually are. And it becomes, you know, cause it will, it becomes harder and harder to access these, these brainwave states because, you know, I think if we really truly look back to when we were young, we never worried about how we looked when we did something or if we screwed up, like we, we were never, we were never really concerned about, it. we just laughed and like went on to the next thing. And that inner critic is just gets stronger and stronger as more and more time goes by and we get more experiences that, you know, are trying to protect us or our mind is trying to protect us from uh, of embarrassment or shame or disappointment or rejection, maybe in a relationship. And we start saying, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta wear that armor because I can't, I can't get hurt again. And, you know, I can't show up in that kind of way. Cause what if someone sees me? What if, you know, and, and so I think it's it's just built into the world that we live in. Uh, so I, I get I get why it gets stuck on people, and I get why they, you know, and it, it's how we're trained. It kind of goes back to like the schoolwork, right? Like you learn to memorize things, and if you don't, you're a bad person. And so you, I think we just slowly but surely we we lose a lot of who we are, and and we forget. Well, and the more I keep seeing, like we just keep becoming more unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's four, there's a, this flow state actually has four cycles to it. So I thought that'd be kind of cool to, to talk about those four cycles. So the, one of the, one of the key things with flow states is that novel environments are really conducive to, to accessing that. So again, like a retreat is a good example. People come to retreat, they don't know anyone. It's kind of uncomfortable you know, they're in a new, a new place. You're outside of your normal surroundings. Um, and it allows, it's an, it's an enriching environment that, that is new. Those are great environments to access flow. Again, you guys taking me mountain biking, which I've never been before. always wanted to go. Uh, all right. Dr. David surfing, novel environment, super yes. rich, lots of awesome. like things to pay attention to. There's water, there's waves, there's people around. Like, like, so that's the first stage is the struggle stage because you're loading your brain up with this, all this information and it can, you know, it's trainable too. So you can take that kind of struggle phase into like, you're trying to problem solve a certain project. You're trying to you know, level up your business and you're trying to like really get into some analytical stuff with it. That's fine. Like there's a struggle component. It's new information. You're working through a new task. And, and then what we need to do is we need to just put the inner critic aside. And so that's the release phase. So step number two, you take your mind off the problem. Maybe you work really intensely on something for half an hour. Then you go sit in meditation. You, you, you lie down in Shavasana. You just, 
completely let go. You, you train your brain to, to strengthen that alpha bridge so you can more deeply and quickly access theta from that alpha state. And so you just, you take yourself completely away from that environment. And so that's that, that release stage. Uh, and then, and so you could take, I, we used the example of the retreat of the yoga class. Like the, the yoga, the real yoga is when you, when you put yourself into Shavasana, you do all the work of the different asanas, you do the stretch pose, you breath of fire, you do all the different crazy kriyas with your arms in the air and, and you really challenge your body. And then, then you move into the release stage, the Shavasana. And then three, the flow, the flow state is that place is sitting just underneath that release state. So as you get better at Shavasana, as you get deeper in your meditation, you more quickly can access that, that high gamma where basically you've, you've tapped into that place of flow when nitric oxide starts to dump into your vessels and you start to really increase your vasodilate. That's what nitric oxide does. And then all the chemistry of bliss molecules come surging into your brain and your consciousness. And that creates that flow phenomenon within your body. And then phase four is, I think, the most interesting and, and one of the most profound states that many of us get stuck in and that's a recovery phase. So that's like that state of depression, that place where basically we, we can actually linger, unfortunately, for a long period of time if we don't understand this four-step process. Because when we're in that state of, of depression or that low after that high, um, we can start to re-reference our world through that lens. We can start to go, oh, well, this is just who I am. I'm just a depressed individual. That, that flow state or that place of bliss wasn't actually for me. It was just a weird phenomenon. That's not who I am. This is actually who I am, this place of depression. And so this is what I like to tell people is that when you, when you understand that the, the crash, just like a wave, you know, you ride the wave and then the wave has to come down. If you understand that depression, that crash is built into this entire cycle of flow, then we can start to actually start to appreciate for what it is and not get so create such strong attachment to it. Well, I like how you went through those stages because just like we talk all the time, like stress is needed a lot of times to create that adaptation. And, and you took us through these, these stages, right? I mean, that was somewhat of, of the, I guess the, the the formula right to mm -hmm. achieve what you were trying to achieve but a big part of that is stress yeah and then it's writing after the stress comes right yeah and that's where that bliss comes man i mean yeah. everyone's so afraid of the stress piece and they don't even get to to putting their body through that adaption yeah but everything that you're wanting is on the other side of of that adaption that has to take place and you see that with any principle of the body, right? Well, that's, that's the beautiful part of this. This is like, no, it's almost no different than teaching fasting. You know, when yeah. you're, when you're on day four or five of your fast, after you've gone through the really challenging day two to three days, and then you start to feel that bliss again, that's exact, it's the exact same thing. Like, I love that you brought it to that because, you know, or you crush a really hard workout and then you get the bliss afterwards. And if you don't recover properly, you get a big crash, right? You know, so it's, it's like, how do you set yourself up for success and do it regularly enough so that the brain is just ready to dive into that, that deeper state? And then you reap all the reward of it instead of just constantly staying. Like, like let's look at the, the, the culture. We stay in struggle. Very rarely do we move into the relaxed phase of our life, right? 
we struggle, 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 go to bed, struggle, 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 struggle. Maybe you don't sleep well, eat the wrong food, struggle, struggle, struggle. Like we never really tap into that, that next stage, which moves us into that, eventually into that place of flow. Or on the other end of things, you use this drug or that drug, or like you, you do this ceremony, you get that ceremony, you're constantly in ceremony, you're trying, constantly trying to force flow into the body with alcohol, with a medication or whatever the story is. You try to force flow and you're missing the struggle part, right? And so you dance with it on either end without going through the process. You're, you're going you're gonna to burn yourself out. You're not really going to get the true benefit of doing it properly. On well, like you're saying, like you take shortcuts to achieving this flow and it's going to have a negative impact on you. There's no positive outcome yeah. when you do that because there's no shortcut to this. No. And, but, but we're built for this, man. That's what, that's what I think is so amazingly brilliant about our bodies is like we're literally designed for this. Yeah. And, and science is now showing the power in what you're speaking to, right, about like this yoga and the meditation, all these things. And I, I laugh because they used to call all this stuff a bunch of BS, right? Like, oh, it's, it's all bullshit. And now science is showing, oh, wow, it's better than mo- most of these modern medicines that we're giving people and all these drugs we've pumped out to millions of people. Yet the body is completely capable of making the most potent drug that there is to create that healing that we all need. And we're being, we're being given this information now of how to access this. This is free information, everybody. This isn't like yeah. the Da Vinci Code where like only me and Nick know. Like this is, this is being thrown out by a lot of people and they're teaching and bringing this to the world and saying, hey, look, everybody, it's there for you. Mm-hmm. If you want that bliss, if you want that healing, if you want all these things, here, here's the makeup of it and then here's the formula. This is how you achieve it. So I would tell people, if you haven't uh, dipped into some of these things that we're talking about today, like yoga or meditation, I mean, me and Nick are constantly talking about different ways to get into these things. If, if, if maybe you're not, maybe yoga seems a little intimidating or maybe you're like, well, I can't meditate. It's too hard. Well, we've talked about sound healing. I mean, Mm-hmm. we'll talk about the brain tap on another episode, which I'm going to add to the clinic soon. I mean, there's neurofeedback. There's, yeah. there's so many different tools to do this now. And I really invite people to try this because God, when I started experiencing, man, it was just like, why wouldn't you want to do this all the time to constantly be fine tuning your body to put yourself back in that state to experience that? Cause we needed it. It's, it's 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 literally being able to heal thyself mm-hmm. constantly yeah yeah i love how you say it like that because you know this this isn't just this isn't just something that's reserved for you know those yogis that or monks that studied in caves and away from civilization and that's the only way to access these states this is literally built into our genetic code and when we start to acknowledge that this is a part of who we are we've just shunned it or not really known or we've been in the dark ages with it well it's time to take ownership over it because you know in this day and age that we live in with the chronic stressors we're facing with the you know amount of expectations that are on us and the the amount of suicide or like prescription meds that people are on and the the kind of depressing stats with you know statistics for health etc we are so locked into some like just half-assed version of ourselves and we keep playing that same card over and over again and we don't realize that we're so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit for and if we just 
took the time to experience some of these states that are a part of who we are, you know, we'd be, we'd be living in such a different world because, you know, I mean, you just came, you were just, before we got on the call, actually, you just told me how you got super creative and made your son this amazing costume. It's like, you know, it's just, you just knew you could do it and, and you just go and do it. You know what I mean? It's like, there's no critic. There's like, Oh, I can't make a costume or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like simple things. Oh uh, yeah. And then I was telling Nick, I was like, that's not me. That's not like me. But coming out of that retreat, I told him like, well, just to give the listeners, cause it is Dr. Seuss week. So you guys mm. will get this on Sunday when we post this episode, <laughs> but it's Dr. Seuss week and almost every school in the country, probably like in other countries are, are celebrating this. So I had to, we had to make a costume for Diego and he wanted to be a sneech, the sneeches book. And that's not, I'm not a crafty guy when it comes to doing stuff like that. I usually leave that to Clarissa and him to do those things. But, you know, we got back and I was like, you know what? I just, I saw it. Like I, I could see it in my head. And then I just looked at Clarissa. I was like, I got this. And in an hour I knocked out and made him like this really super cool little costume for him to wear to school. Cause I want that to be a really neat day for him. And that, and there was a lot of love behind that, which was a mm-hmm. catalyst for all that, but it just came with such ease and it was effortless. There you go. Effortless. Yeah. And something that I think if I wasn't in that state would have been like, Oh my God, this is so difficult. I don't know how to do this. And like you're saying all this self judgment and all this stuff. It wasn't there. It didn't exist. It was just mm-hmm. a pure creation yeah. and it was amazing. It came out great. He loved it. And I mean, it, it was awesome, man. So he did yeah, a dance like, with it and it's, it's, oh, all, yeah. it's amazing. Well, I have to post that on the yeah. Dr. Dad's page. Oh, so good idea. Please yeah, do that. So everyone can watch that. So, so let me know what you think of the costume I made for yeah. him. So. But, <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's give some uh, hope play. Yes. So what do you think? So what I, you know, what I would tell people, well, how can we get a, a good starting place for them to start maybe tapping into this a little bit? And to be honest with you, I would probably say that, that's, that taking at least 10 minutes a day to start practicing some form of meditation. But I would also say some some form of physical before mm-hmm. that meditative piece. Yeah. So, I mean, what would you say time limit? Maybe 10 minutes? Honestly, it just has to be something that has to be patterned into your brain, right? So just, yeah. you got to create a new groove for a uh, flow state. And so, yeah, I, I love how you, you went on that trajectory of meditation, but wait a second, you can't just yeah. sit down. You got to, you actually yeah. got to move your body and, and challenge yourself with something. So it could even be doing like, I don't know, 20 push-ups, you know, 20 burpees, uh, jumping jacks, do something physical and then get down and deep relaxation or, or meditation. But if you give yourself 10 to 15 minutes of just doing that, that would be an amazing start. So, yeah, I think a combination of maybe just those two states just to, to kind of do some contrast there and see how you feel afterwards. So like Nick's saying is find something to stress the system. So this could be run on a treadmill for five minutes really fast or you know, do, you know, a bunch of squats for two or three minutes, or we make maybe put that nitric oxide dump on the page and have them do that. And then just lay on your back or get in a yoga posture and, and just like hang out and meditate, throw on some Mm -hmm. sound healing tracks while you're doing that. And just sit in that, in that, uh, vibration after you put that stress on and then see how you feel after you come out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Let the messages come to you and, you know, when I'm doing stuff like that, just like we did at the retreat, it's so great to have a little book beside you, you know, jot down some ideas. Even if they seem kind of wacky, like, but maybe something 
it's going to come, come with that. And then the more you do this, you go in with an intention, you know, you, I want to get some clarity on the kind of energy that I need to bring to solve this problem. You know, I, I mean, this should be a whole nother podcast on asking the right questions to your subconscious mind. But I think if we, um, anyways, go in with an intention, try to, th- I, I want to solve this problem. Uh, what's the, the frequency vibration or energy that I need in order to solve this, this, this issue that's coming up in my life, go through your sequence of the, the challenge and then get into a meditation. I mean, it can even be like throw yourself in a cold shower is another stress and then come out and just totally just breathe and be in that space. You know, there you uh, go. Yeah. There's the, there's the formula. The Set your intention, add the stress, whether Nick's saying that's like cold water immersion all the way to like an intense uh, movement for a little while and then finish it with meditation. Yeah. And get in the consistency of doing these three things. Yeah. And then like Nick's saying, log it. You know, I challenge you all do this for 10 days yeah. and then see how you feel after those 10 days. And then, and then make a, make a judgment of, of whether you think this is a tool or not. But I promise you, you're going to come out of that thinking like, Oh my gosh, this is changing my day. Yeah. Cause you're able to change your state in 10 minutes. Totally. It's beautiful. Chemistry of bliss, my friend. Chemistry of bliss, that's it. Obviously, there's so much more to talk on this subject, and uh, but it's it's fun to be able to share this because, uh, you know, we all we have, like you said at the beginning, we've said at the beginning, everyone has tapped into this at some point in your life. So, what if you had a recipe to do this on a regular basis? What would your life look like from a year from now? And that's, and then you can join us on the retreat, and then yes, you're right there. Yes, and for sure we gotta we gotta have an, uh, just a podcast soon about just that, man. Going in a yeah. little bit more depth for sure. Cool. All right. Well, that's your home play. Uh, that was another episode of the Doctor Dads. We love you guys. Uh, really appreciate the feedback. It's been amazing. Uh, this has been so much fun for both David and I. And so uh, keep tuning in, please. Please and please uh, keep sharing, liking, commenting, subscribing, and um, and help us get this information out to the masses okay david always great seeing you buddy love you brother love you too man